The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Welcome, everyone. Apostolic Church, apostles, we're glad you're here today. Uh, we're so thankful for our, to our guests, for our guests and their presence today. We welcome you in the name of Jesus, and we hope to get to know you. Stick around and hang out for a little bit if you can. I want to say uh, thank you to our worship team, thank you to everyone who serves back here, thank you to Ben and Brett for their faithful uh, hard work of preaching week in and week out. Um, this is not easy. <laughs> you're, you're truly about to find out um, what a gift they are, okay? <laughs> it's Missions Month. We're thankful. I love this time of year. For many, many years, this church has practiced setting aside this time to pray, to learn, to give. We'll get this out of the way. I brought a tissue. Um, um, <clears throat> so thankful for this church and the way that we have lived out uh, this calling so well, I believe. Some of our missionaries in the field, in fact, I think all of our Rwandan missionaries at one time or another just stepped up out of those pews, right? And in the middle of their careers, and they went to bring hope, to share love. We celebrate this work of God. We give and we go. This is who we are. This is our DNA. I want to show a few slides of the mission's website real quick. Next week, you're going to have a piece of paper uh, with missionaries and with our mission vision statement, but you can go now to our website. Well, that's really small. And, <laughs> and you can click in the middle up there to see our vision statement or scroll down on that front page to see all of our missionaries. Uh, so go there and check that out and be praying and preparing as we get ready to give and to support these wonderful missionaries. I truly truly believe we get to support the best. Uh, they're amazing, amazing families. I've been blessed to be uh, in nearly all of their homes and churches. Um, it's, it, we truly, truly are blessed to give and support, walk alongside and partner with these wonderful, wonderful missionaries. Um, real quick, this is part of our mission statement, vision statement. God's mission has a church, the body of Christ. We join in his work of reconciling the broken creation. Following the mandate of the Great Commission, this work extends from our local body to our mission sites across all nations. Our vision for missions at the spring is that everyone, everyone participates. We believe God's work is diverse and that missions is a priority. Amen. We focus this month here and and through our missionaries on the unique work of cross-cultural missions and those we support. Uh, but may this lead us to see the ways more and more that we're to love the stranger among us. We lost Bill Wolf recently. And I couldn't imagine starting Missions Month without remembering him. Uh, he gave so well. He encouraged others to give. Uh, I, w I didn't have the privilege of serving on the missions team uh, with him, so I've asked John Osborne just to share a few words about Bill to encourage us and to honor him. John. Uh, 
I'm thankful for the opportunity to share about Bill this morning. Bill is a guy that's had a huge impact in my life and, and in our church. Um, in fact, the, this flower arrangement here was shared by the family from Bill's memorial service yesterday, so we're uh, thankful for that. We're thankful for the family here, Rose and uh, Craig and Debbie, who are here, and we're thankful, uh, and their daughter, we're thankful for you all who are here with us this morning. You know, how a church makes missions a priority is your people make it a priority. It's a priority to your people, and that was never more true than with Bill Wolf. Kelly and I first met Bill when we were uh, uh, university students, and, and actually we were preparing to go on our very first um, summer mission project as university students, and we were assigned the, the uh, Let's Start Talking ministry that we were going through assigned us to go serve in Toulouse, France. And that was the location where Craig and Debbie were serving uh, with a mission team. They're uh, seeking to plant a healthy uh, church in Toulouse, France. And, and Craig and Debbie were supported by this church uh, to serve. This is before Kelly and I ever had a connection to Quail Springs Church or the Springs Church. And when Bill and Rose found out that that uh, group of Oklahoma Christian University students uh, were we're going to Toulouse that summer. Well, they didn't waste the opportunity. And so that spring, they reached out to us and invited us to dinner, took us to dinner at Othello. I still remember where that is in downtown Edmond. And, you know, you want to love on uh, university students, you provide a free meal for them. And, and so they took us out to eat and started loving us from the beginning and have continued to do that, you know, uh, with our life here in this church and and uh, and preparing us to go, and they wanted to love on us because we were going to be with their kids uh, who were serving in France. And uh, and Craig and Debbie were loving on us when we were there, served as some of our earliest ministry mentors uh, when we were serving in, in Toulouse. And that was our introduction to Bill. But, but where I really got to learn from Bill was when we served together on, on the missions committee or the missions team here at the Springs. And, um, and you know, uh, Will Rogers once famously said that he never met a man he didn't like, right? And he, you've heard that quote from Will Rogers. I used to say that Bill was the Will Rogers of missions requests. He never met one he didn't like. And so Bill's response, when we as a missions committee uh, received requests from a lot of different people, we're a church with a pretty sizable budget. Um, you know, Craig shared this yesterday. You know, Bill, Bill's response was, well, if we get a request, Bill's response was yes. Right? He never met one he didn't like. If it came to us, God sent them to us. But that was very formative for me and everybody else who was on the committee that Bill firmly believed God will provide, right? And when you're responsible for other people and budgets, you know, we believe God will provide, but when you're in the middle of it and you're stretched and you're trying to make the numbers work and figure things out, sometimes you're, you're wondering where the funds are going to come from. Bill would step forward in faith and say, God will provide, right? And that was shaping for this church, right? 
So church, we're going to be standing on the edge many times when we're trying to figure out how are we going to fund it? How are we going to make things happen, right? Let's listen to Bill's voice to say God will provide. We don't know how. We can't see it, right? But that is a shaping piece of this church. We're in missions month, and we're going to be taking up a contribution at the end of the month, and we want to believe that God will provide. He's going to provide through us, through this church, through, through, through these people. You know, our, our youth has gone on a mission project. Last summer, and we're doing that. Youth, if you get one thing from this church, God will, God loves you, and God will provide, right? God's providing for our mission projects, for what we do through you, through these people right here, right? People like Bill Wolf, who would reach into his own pocket in a lot of different ways that we don't know, a lot of us don't know, to provide, to say, God loves you more than anything else, right? God provides because he loves you, and he wants you to know and love him. And so church is a church family. We can rejoice and remember and celebrate Bill's life because of those lessons that he taught us. Isn't that right, church? Amen. Let's pray together as we begin. God, we are thankful for the living hope that dwells within us through your spirit that has come to us through Jesus. God, we are excited for this time of year here at the Springs and excited to see the ways you will provide. God, we pray this morning for our missionaries, for all of them. I especially want to pray for the Shreks and the process of adopting uh, Moses and Gloria there. Will you provide? Speak, speak through me this morning pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to talk about hope today, and I, but I want to start by sharing how much hope this church has lived out for me and my family. Just real quick. <laughs> so I grew up in the Church of Christ, as many of you. I'm a preacher's kid. Um, I came to OC at age 18, somewhat clueless about many things, but especially about the broader sectarian mindset of the, of the Church of Christ. And I was, I was pretty shocked. I was done, actually. I was ready to go. I was, I was, I was finished with church. Um, I was a bit rebellious, for sure, but mostly feeling that it was not a place for me and for my friends. Then we discovered the Springs, Quail Springs, my two best friends from Indiana, we discovered this place where there was great love and a community, and especially three or four families that welcomed us fully, that had us in their home, that fed us. The debt of love I feel to these families, some of who are in the room today, is immense. The freedom to love, to express hope, and to express our doubts, and frustrations. This was exhibited to me in, in this place, these people. Freedom to question, freedom to wrestle, freedom to mess up and doubt, and most of all, the freedom to love and to be loved from a place of authentic faith and trust 
in God as love. The other way quail was a lifesaver for me and my friends was in, in your passion for missions. We were supported to go on Let's Start Talking projects and share the story of Jesus and our own stories, and it changed our lives. It changed my life to go and sit with others and listen to their stories. It was amazing to me how God began to teach me of God's love for every person. Truly one of the greatest blessings of my life, and one we now get to share with our children here at the Springs. Springs Church, this is who we are. I'll say it again. We're a place of love and freedom, a freedom to go and share the hope of redemption for everyone right here, across the street, and around the world. This is our DNA. Our text today is Colossians 1, and I'm just going to read all of it because I just pray it speaks to you and that the Spirit um, speaks and you can just hear. You can read along on the screen or in your Bibles. I'm going to read all the way through verse 27. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God, our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all his people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true word of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love and the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not, not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his people in the kingdom of light, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Christ, the Son, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness, all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm do not, and do not move from the hope he held out in the gospel, this is the gospel 
that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed in the Lord's people, to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The word of the Lord. Amen. The hope of glory, a present glory, according to the Gospel of John, not just far off, for here, it's Christ in you. That's you all, y'all, us, you guys, wherever you're from, all y'all, <laughs> right? And all who live with Jesus as Lord and King, the body of Christ. Before I think we can talk more about hope, we need to ask, what is this good news we talk about that we share Is it truly good news for all? The good news calls us to live in a way that's not comfortable. We have to die to self. We have to share what we have. But it is truly good news for all, for the world. Listen, for God so loved the world, all of creation. The good news demands change. It demands demands surrender. There's this narrow path that few will follow. But this does not mean that God's love is, and hope is just for us, right? We must share it. It's for all. If it's not, it's not good news. Jesus came to live and to bring life, to restore life, to show compassion to the harassed and the hopeless. Ben talked about this last week, and I think we need to ask who Who are the hopeless and harassed? Who are the lepers and the demon-possessed among us? I'll let you ponder this. Maybe that's another sermon. But Lord, give us your eyes to see and your ears to hear. How do we live like Christ in the world? How do we see the hopeless? Not just observe them and feel sorry for them, but how do we really see them? Jesus really, truly saw the crippled woman in Luke 13. Go read it another time. He saw her and touched her. He even did it on the Sabbath. He set her free in spite of the expectations and rules of the religious leaders. How do we live like this? The good news, the gospel, it's what we proclaim, what we're called to share. It's our hope and salvation. But what is it? What is the foundation? And more importantly, the so what? We have many ways of talking about it, and I'm afraid that sometimes we get lost or stuck in the transcendent. The idea that hope is only something far away, not here, not available now. This needs to change. One way I believe we change this is by seeing the image of God in all people and God's love for the world. Brian Hickson, one of our missionaries, and Rwanda recently took a group of junior high school, high, junior high age students uh, from Kix, the, the private school that he works 
for there and with. They went on a trip up to the rural areas of Rwanda up in the mountains. They spent a few days living with this community. He wrote this after the journey, and I quote, We learn that while our neighbors are different, we have much in common, and God created us all in his image. We learn that mothers and fathers in poverty and wealth have the same desires for their children. We learn that wealth is not what brings joy. We learn the blessing in sharing and humility in receiving. Hope. Few have shown me how to love and share hope as well as Jamie Boyd's. I asked her to send some thoughts for today that I'll share after we see this video of the work that she's doing and, and others that she has a team doing in Rwanda with prostitutes have le who have left the trade. Ndanye <laughs> babasha no kuduhumuriza tumba kubye bibi tutagomba kubisubiramo ubu rero turashima imana ko twahindutse muri ubwo buzima bwa mbere nabagamo nabagaho mu buzima bw'ubusinzi kurara majoro nyine ncakisha amafaranga mu buryo buteye isoni ariko aho nziye muri duhopu sinyisinda sinyirara majoro ndashakisha amafaranga duke nkuya hangaha n'iryo jambo ry'Imana hamwe no gusenga ariko bigenda bimarira kuryo byandinze gusubira mu muhanda ikintu namubwira nuko namushimira ubaza kugura bino bintu dukora ari amaherena nibindi nibyagaciro kuri twebwe ko hari ikintu bidufasha mu buzima bwacu thank you Jamie sent me these thoughts to share with you. She writes, When we first started with Do Hope, the women told us not to use their faces any time we were snapping pics. They were ashamed of who they were and what they needed to do to survive. Most recently, all but one agreed for us to use their faces. They smile and laugh in new ways. Sometimes they even fight. After almost two years of counseling, they're now able to come together as a group and discuss issues they have with each other. Jamie continued. She said, I, I teared up at Christmas when the Do Hope women put, put on a play about Esther. They'd been studying her in Bible study and decided they wanted to put this play together for the staff. It was great, really great, she writes. But at the end, they had four women read the Bible to close the play. Not just any four women. These four women came to them unable to read or write. And one of the staff members asked one of the women named Redempta, what a great name, <laughs> if you couldn't read, she asked, why have you been carrying your Bible around for the last two years? Redempta responded, 
I had my kids read it to me, but now I read it to Jamie concludes with these thoughts. I know a lot of times we as missionaries all say, it isn't me who's doing the work. And I agree with that, she says. But God put a burden on me for his people, specifically these women in Rwanda. And in obedience, I left my home culture to be here as a conduit of God's love for humanity. Hope. And by the way, Jamie wanted you to know that that video, and there's others she sent me I wish I could share, that are produced, are produced by a young Rwandan man that is now uh, in, the, in the Do Who program. The Do Who program they started first about three or four years, uh, five years ago. And it means, it's Do Who Gurane. It means let us learn from each other. Let us learn from each other. What a brilliant way to share hope. What a beautiful way to share hope. He came just doing videos informally, but now he's got a business, and it's registered, and they're coaching him on how to run his business well. Beautiful stuff. This is just a piece of the amazing work we get to support in Rwanda, Germany, Honduras, Belgium, and right here in Oklahoma City. Hope, recognizing the dignity of all, in all of God's children, everyone. Christian hope is always rooted in God's love. Love in our culture has become something primarily directed at self, right? It's all about me, my pleasure, my desires, my satisfaction, my identity, my security, my wealth. We must move beyond this selfish idea and turn towards God's love. Jürgen Moldmann reminds us that Christian hope is not optimism. It's not this idea that, oh, man, I hope I get that, or hope the weather's better tomorrow, or... No, no, Christian hope is not optimism. It's much, much more. It's resurrection hope. In a, in a book called Hope for the World, edited by Walter Brueggemann, a consensus paper was written by a number of pastors and scholars where Christian hope was described powerfully in this way, on the screen here. God, graciously and apart from all deserving, offers us a future that our own past does not warrant. God's future breaks continuously the dread patterns of cause and effect in which both personally and corporately we languish. The hope that is God's gift to faith is precisely hope, not sight, not inevitability, not finality. It must be grasped and implemented by the community of faith and by all who, from whatever sources of longing, imagination, and common grace, glimpse possibilities for what is new. It must become hope in action. My dad used to always preach, hope is confident expectation. Confident expectation, and it is. It's a deeply held belief that God's love has broken in now and will win. It gives us the capacity to imagine something new. You hear that? 
Hope gives us the capacity to imagine something new, something truly better for the poor, the oppressed, the hungry, the naked, the marginalized, the hopeless. And it is loving. It's, it's loving and listening to your children. It's us as a community of faith making the choice to surrender our will and desires for the sake of others, listening to us, joining in with the sorrows and weaknesses of those closest to us. The church must contend on a global and national level for the release of the captive and into the oppression, but we must not miss the sorrow and suffering in our homes, in our churches, in our neighborhoods right here. Christian hope is hope against hope. What do I mean by that? This is, this is more Moltmann for you. It's, it's against the false hope of self-sufficiency, pride, and the false gods of nationalism that America will save us, or sexism that men are better than women, racism and fundamentalism. Through prayer, prayer and resistance to the powers that be, we can move past this false hope to Christian hope, to real hope. But we must never forget that true hope never ignores our reality. You know, we hear of suffering. Sometimes we see it. Sometimes we truly live through it. I don't know about you. I haven't had much suffering in my life. But we should never deny, never deny that it's real for the stranger, that it's in our lives. It's right here, and it's far away. It's part of this broken world that God loves so much, so much. Let me say it again. Christian hope ceases to work or exist when we stop believing and trusting that it's truly for all people. Doesn't work. God created everyone, everyone in God's likeness, in God's image. And God is love. Let's pray. Lord, your love allows us to see people, to truly see them. It allows us to listen to them, to hear their cries. As you hear them, your love helps us to walk alongside them. Lord God, open our eyes. We repent and turn from our own participation in injustice and abuse. Give us the courage, give me the courage to speak out against the injustice of the powers that be. And in all of these actions, may we be filled with the hope of your love for today and for eternity. Please stand and sing.